back blue shirts fans to episode number 86 of the locked on new york rangers podcast i am your host john chick it is nhl trade deadline day it is monday morning right now as i record this we are just a few hours away from the trade deadline of 3 p.m here and it's one of the more nerve-wracking trade deadline days for ranger fans that i think any of us can probably remember because it's been a really long time since we've had a deadline day quite like this where the rangers could really go in a lot of different directions. There's so many players right now where it seems like it's kind of 50-50 if they could be traded or not. You got Chris Kreider, although what we're hearing from Chris Kreider here, it sounds like it might be more than 50-50 that he gets traded today, which is unfortunate, but it's one of those things where it sounds like the Rangers want to give him six years, Kreider wants seven years, and you know, if you're Chris Kreider and you really want that seventh year, maybe you want a little bit more money as well, it probably makes the most sense to... Hit the, hit the free agent market. I mean, you know, because, again, we've talked about this, but right now, Chris Kreider can only negotiate with one team, and that's the Rangers. And if he ends up getting traded, or even if he doesn't end up getting traded, regardless of what happens the rest of the season, Chris Kreider is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. And so when that happens, he can negotiate with all 31 teams instead of just one team, the Rangers. So certainly I can understand where Chris Kreider is coming from, but you'd also like to think that, you know, maybe, just maybe, the Rangers at the zero hour here and Chris Kreider can come to some kind of an agreement, some kind of an understanding. Maybe that means, you know, maybe Kreider accepts the six-year deal, but it's for more money per year. Or maybe the Rangers, you know, bend to Kreider a little bit and they give him seven years, but it's a little bit less money per year. There's a lot of different ways this can go, but again, if you're Chris Kreider, and I, I know not everybody wants to hear this, but this is a business, and I certainly understand where he's coming from. You know, if he doesn't get what he wants, then it makes no sense really for him to sign a deal that he thinks is less than what he's worth. Now, every now and then you will see examples of a player doing that. You know, they'll have, you know, a fierce loyalty to their hometown team. But again, you can't kill Chris Kreider for not doing that if he wants to get out there and just see what is on the market. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. Again, we're just a few hours away from the trade deadline, it really could go either way. But right now, I just kind of get the feeling Chris Kreider is going to be on the move. The good news for the Rangers here, however, is that players at the trade deadline, because we've, we've seen a couple of moves here, and players are fetching just outstanding returns. I mean, the, the example I keep going back to is Blake Coleman for a first-round draft pick. I mean, that just blew my mind when that happened. But yeah, I mean, Teams are getting a lot. The teams that are selling right now are getting a lot. Uh, Alec Martinez, of course, went to the Vegas Golden Knights for two second-round draft picks, which, you know, that's that's not bad. Um, that sounds about right, although maybe a little bit of an overpayment by the Knights there. But our Alec Martinez is a good player. And then today, just to get you guys caught up with what's going on today, uh, the Edmonton Oilers acquire Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for Kyle Brodziak and a conditional fourth-round pick. So just kind of a minor trade there. And then some trades that are just being reported here. Vladislav Nemestikov goes from the Senators to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for a fourth-round pick. Of course, Vladislav Nemestikov is a former Ranger and really was not working out with the Rangers. He actually skated in two games with the Rangers this year before they sent him on his way to Ottawa. So Nemestikov going to be playing on his third team 
uh, in the NHL this season. It's one of those things with the Rangers. It just wasn't working out. He was part of the big trade that sent Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to Tampa Bay. And obviously, you know, Nemesikov just turned out to be a flash in the pan. His numbers were very clearly inflated by playing alongside Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. And now he's got a chance to win a Stanley Cup. That's the funniest thing about all this. But he goes from the Rangers to the Senators, now the Avalanche in exchange for just a fourth-round pick. And then the big trade, and the one that, you know, a lot of people are going to be talking about, it might be the talk of trade deadline day, depending on what happens with Chris Kreider. You know, if Chris Kreider stays put, then this may well go down as the biggest move of the day here today. But yeah, the Islanders acquire Jean Cabriel Pajot from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for three draft picks. The other interesting thing about the Pajot trade is it sounds like the Senators were really kind of in a similar situation today that the Rangers are in with Chris Kreider in that... They were trying to get a new deal done with Pajot, and they just weren't able to do it. They weren't able to come to some kind of an agreement on the length of the contract, the dollars in the contract, and so you have to trade him because, again, it's you can't run the risk of hanging on to him and then having him walk in free agency this offseason and you get absolutely nothing for him. Again, the Senators had to take advantage of the seller's market here and get something for Pajot, who along with Kreider, one of the best players available, and they indeed got something. They will receive a first-round draft pick in 2020, a second-round draft pick in 2020, and a third-round selection in 2022 from the Islanders in the deal. Now, stay with me here. The first-round pick in 2020 would become instead a first-round pick in 2021 if the Islanders land a top-three draft pick this season. So it sounds like the Islanders kind of trying to protect themselves a little bit, like if they get, if they somehow get fortunate enough to get a top-three pick, then they would get to hang on to that and not just hand it over to the Senators. So kind of an interesting little footnote to the trade there. And the condition on the third rounder in 2022 only comes into play if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup this season. So again, kind of protecting themselves a little bit there are the Islanders. But yeah, I mean, you guys see the return that the Senators just got for Pajot and Kreider and Pajot, very, I'd say, comparable players. I'd even give a little bit of an edge to Kreider. I think he's a better all-around player than Pajot. When you take the total package into account, I think Kreider's the superior player. And so you saw all these draft picks that the Senators just got, and the Senators need to stockpile draft picks because the team's just basically a mess right now. It's all falling apart ever since they had their little run to the Eastern Conference Finals a few years back. They've been one of the worst teams in hockey ever since then. But bottom line, you see what the Senators just received in exchange for Pajot. And if the Rangers do trade Kreider, and there's plenty of teams out there that still want him, you know, because the Avalanche are still there. And I, I know the Avalanche got Nemesikov today, but you got to figure that's not the biggest move that they're going to make in their ideal world. You know, the Avalanche are a team that could be contending for a Stanley Cup this season, and they're going to want to go all in, and they're going to want to land a player like Chris Kreider. It's also just nice in general that Pajot is off the board now, because you look at some of the biggest trade targets at this trade deadline this year, and it was Kreider, it was Pajot, certainly Tyler Toffoli, but now Pajot and Toffoli off the market, and so any team really looking to make a splash, they got to come to the Rangers, and they got to make a serious bid if they want to get their guy, because Chris Kreider now, by far the biggest fish left in the pond here, as far as teams looking to add pieces before the trade deadline. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, 
a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. And then another trade that just went down, the Carolina Hurricanes are going to receive Vincent Trocek from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, Itu Lusterinen, and Chase Prisky. And so the Hurricanes sending four players away in exchange for Vincent Trocek. Vincent Trocek, a good all-around player, a guy that the Rangers have been interested in for quite some time. There were some rumors or you know, at least some whispers that the Rangers might be willing to send Brady Shea to the Panthers in exchange for Vincent Trocek. I'm a big Trocek fan again, you know, just, just as a solid all-around game. There was a player poll earlier this season, I remember, that you know, all the players were asked to, not all the players, but a good chunk of, you know, some of the top players in the NHL were asked who the most underrated player in the NHL is. And Vincent Trocek won pretty much in a landslide. He's one of those guys who, you know, he puts up solid numbers, but they don't jump off the page at you. And it was just interesting to know that he was so highly regarded by some of his peers. But yeah, you know, we talked with the Locked On Hurricanes guys the other night. You know, we did a crossover episode on Thursday night for Friday's episode. And we were talking to them about how the Hurricanes might, in a sense, be buyers and sellers all at the same time here on Trade Deadline Day. And uh, this trade here, kind of an example of that, because the Hurricanes do move two players from their NHL roster to Florida in exchange for Trocek. And really, the Panthers kind of doing the same thing here, because they're a team that's, they've kind of fallen out of the playoff chase a little bit, but I don't think they're really ready to punt on their season just yet. So they get a solid return here. Again, it's a four-for-one deal. So they get some guys that are NHL ready on the NHL roster in Eric Halla and Lucas Walmark. And then uh, I think the big get of this as far as the Panthers are concerned is Itu Lusterinen, a former second-round draft pick and a forward, and then Chase Prisky, a sixth-round draft pick defenseman. So yeah, definitely an interesting trade there. And again, the Hurricanes, one of those teams, the Rangers trying to catch. So I would imagine the feeling around Carolina is this team just got a little bit better because, you know, again, Vincent Trocek, just a rock-solid all-around player. So we'll see what happens going forward here. John Davidson is about to step to the microphone here and give a press conference, so I don't know if he's going to announce a trade or announce what the Rangers might do or might not do. Hey, maybe he's even going to announce that the Rangers have re-signed Chris Kreider and everything's cool, but we'll see what he says right now, and uh, we'll be back just after that. While we're waiting for JD, though, why don't we go ahead and talk about some of the things that have gone on with the Rangers the last few days over the weekend. Of course, they swept both games of a back-to-back. They take down the Carolina Hurricanes 5-2. They win all four matchups against the Hurricanes this year. And if the Rangers somehow squeak their way into the playoffs and the Hurricanes don't, I mean, you can look at those four games as the the big reason why it happened. And so that's just absolutely huge. The Rangers, you know, taking all four games, that's eight solid points against the Hurricanes in the standings. And the Rangers basically just dominated that game. And then they play the next night against the San Jose Sharks. And the Rangers really never found their A game in this one. I mean, maybe in the third period a little bit. It was another strong third period by the Rangers. 
And that's really become a staple of this team. They seem to be at their best when everything is on the line. And, you know, again, this game was just kind of a grind. It was kind of a slog. The Rangers looked very much like a team they had played the night before. They just couldn't find their legs. They just couldn't find that pace that they had played with the evening before. But Igor Shesterkin bailed them out on more than one occasion. Uh, far more than one occasion, really. Uh, he was outstanding, really, in both games. He, of course, played both games of the back-to-back. -back, and the Rangers certainly going to ride him down the stretch here as they try to get into the playoff picture. You know, regardless of what they do today, I still fully expect Igor Shesterkin is going to get the bulk of starts going forward. And again, he was absolutely fantastic. Now 9-1 and one in his NHL career. I mean, that's just an outstanding start. And I'm basically just running out of adjectives to describe what he's doing here. He has just been fantastic. I don't think any Ranger fan could have possibly asked for anything more from this guy. And keep in mind, he is replacing a legend, essentially. I mean, I know that Lundqvist obviously has not had the best of seasons of his NHL career, and you could say the same thing for last year. He has slowed down a little bit in recent years. I think that's pretty much obvious. But not only is Igor Shesterkin replacing a legend, he's replacing a legend who's still there, who's still on the bench every game. And so that's not easy to do. It's not easy to just walk into a locker room like that and just, you know, take the reins from somebody who's been just a staple of the New York Rangers for so many seasons. It really is impressive. He is just, he's just, the dude's as cool as the other side of the pillow. I mean, what else is there to say? Hockey's fun, right? We all love that quote that he gave the other night. And it gets to the point you don't even know what to say. I mean, he's, he's just been that good. Something else I want to talk about here, and it feels like it happened about a month ago because there's just so much going on with the Rangers right now as far as the trade deadline is concerned and what the Rangers may or may not do before today's 3 p.m. deadline. But I want to talk about Henrik Lundqvist being a healthy scratch for the first time in his NHL career. That, of course, happened on Friday. The Rangers posting a 5-2 win on the road against the Carolina Hurricanes. But I don't think it's that big of a deal because... I, I took the Rangers at face value here. David Quinn came out and he said that, you know, Henrik stayed after practice today, did a lot of work on the ice, you know, trying to stay loose, trying to stay ready for his next start. And, you know, they just felt like the right thing to do because Lundqvist had done so much additional work there was to just kind of give him the night off and just have Georgiev back up Shesterkin and have Lundqvist be a healthy scratch. And of course, you know, the Rangers had their, their mom trip going on and that was just fantastic to see. It looks like everybody had a lot of fun there. And the Rangers obviously played well while that was going on, but obviously Henrik Lundqvist's mom was there, so he got a chance to spend a little bit extra time with her. It just made sense. It was a situation where Henrik Lundqvist being the healthy scratch was okay, and I think it made sense. And, you know, a lot of people, the eyebrows kind of went up when, when you know, they came up with the reasoning for Henrik Lundqvist being a healthy scratch, being that he had stayed on the ice for some extra practice. But I always took them at face value here because why would, you know, if you're David Quinn, why would you lie to everybody about this? Why would you tell people that Henrik Lundqvist is a healthy scratch because he took extra work when you know that if you go forward and you continue to make Henrik Lundqvist a healthy scratch, then it's going to be pretty obvious that you were lying. I don't think David Quinn would sacrifice that kind of credibility within his own locker room to just, you know, come up with some BS reason why Henrik Lundqvist is a healthy scratch. I always took them at face value here. I, th I thought they were telling the truth, and it looks like that's going to be the case going forward because Henrik Lundqvist once again was the backup goalie the following day against the San Jose Sharks. Okay, so JD just met with the media, and he wasn't up there for, couldn't have been longer than three minutes. Obviously, he's busy today. There's a lot going on, but he gave us some bad news and some good news. Going to start with the bad news here, and you know, you're know you really not expecting this, but uh, Igor Shesterkin, Pavel Buchnevich were traveling together last night. Uh, Igor was driving, and they were involved in a car accident. Uh, both players are okay. They were both wearing their seatbelts, and, and JD 
made sure to mention thank God for that. Just a reminder to all of us, I think, to always buckle up when we're driving. They were both taken to New York Presbyterian. They said that Buchnevich was quite shaken up from the incident, but no significant injuries for him, and he is listed as day-to-day. Igor wasn't quite so fortunate. He has a small upper body rib fracture. It is non-displaced, and he will be reassessed in a couple of weeks, but certainly looks like he's going to miss some time for the Rangers. First and foremost, I mean, thank God that they're okay. I mean, a broken rib, I've never had a broken rib. That has to absolutely hurt like hell, and I'm sure that was a scary incident for both of these players. But again, thank God that, you know, there certainly doesn't seem like there's going to be any long-term issues here, and, you know, both guys are okay. Basically, from listening to JD, it sounds like the car in front of them just tried to pull a U-turn just completely out of nowhere, and that's what caused the accident. But yeah, you know, scary stuff, and it's especially scary when it just comes out of nowhere like that. I mean, JD goes up to the podium, and the first thing he mentions is the car accident, and you just kind of hold your breath like, my God, are they all right? And, you know, you figure that they probably were. I mean, if it was something significantly bad, we probably would have heard about it last night, but nevertheless, just just a scary thing when, you know, JD goes up there and talks about two of the players being in a car accident, but it's good to know that long-term, you know, both these guys are going to be all right. Uh, We'll see about Buchnevich. I mean, again, hockey is so secondary when you hear something like this, but it sounds like he's day-to-day, and it's entirely possible that he's back out there on Tuesday against the Islanders. I would not be shocked if they held him out, because, you know, again, this is a scary incident. You know, he's just in a major car crash and playing against the Islanders. Certainly that's going to be a physical game. Uh, would not shock me if they held him out, but you never know. You know, Buchnevich, he's a tough kid, and he might want to just get right back out there with his teammates for a big game, a huge game against the Islanders on Tuesday night. We'll see how it goes. Uh, certainly you can't fault him and the Rangers for however they want to play this. But then after the Islanders, the Rangers will be off on Wednesday, and then they have a back-to-back in Montreal and in Philadelphia on Thursday and Friday, respectively. We'll look forward to seeing Buchnevich back out there on the ice. But if he doesn't play on Tuesday, I don't think any of us are going to get too mad at him. Uh, obviously, health and safety first. From a hockey perspective with the Shesterkin injury, and again, listen, it's it's all very secondary. We wish the best for Igor Shesterkin. Obviously, we're very happy that neither he or Buchnevich had any, you know, serious, serious injuries here and that they're both going to be okay. But facts are facts, you know. The season goes on, and Shesterkin is going to be out, like they said, probably for about a month. You know, we'll see. Obviously, they're still kind of finding out details. I'm, I'm sure there's no way to know exactly the exact date that he's going to be back. But that means with him out, it's going to be back to Georgiev and Lundqvist. And I think that also probably rules out any trade that the Rangers may have made with either Lundqvist or Georgiev. Again, with Lundqvist, I always think it was a super long shot that he was going to waive that no-move clause. And with Georgiev, it's at the point now where, hey, they need him. They need both these guys, really. And it might go back to a situation like how it was at the start of the season where it's a little bit of a hot hand approach with Georgiev and Lundqvist. I do think the Rangers have kind of favored Georgiev more recently, but both guys are going to play. Listen, no NHL starting goalie is going to play 100% of his team's games between now and the end of the season. That's just not going to happen, especially not in today's NHL where we see backups play uh, more often than we used to. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be a kind of a hot hand kind of a deal. They are playing the Islanders on Tuesday. I would imagine that's going to be Georgiev's game because he's been an Islander killer thus far in his career, and the Rangers will probably look to put him back out there against the Islanders and see if he can continue to shut them down. But then on Thursday and Friday, as we mentioned, we're going to get the back-to-back against the Canadians and the Flyers. I would imagine you'll probably see Georgiev for one of those games and Lundqvist for the other one. If I had to pick, I would think maybe Georgiev in Montreal and then maybe Lundqvist in Philadelphia. Without looking at the stats, I 
don't think Lundqvist has necessarily had his best moments of his career in Montreal. I remember that being alluded to during one of the other broadcasts this season when the Rangers were playing the Canadians, and then against the Flyers. I think Lundqvist overall has done very well, and again, this is without looking at the stats. This is just kind of memory, but yeah, I, I think that might be uh, a direction that they choose to take there, and then after that, who knows? I mean, that's going to be it for February, and then we jump into March, and the Rangers will again play the Flyers on Sunday afternoon at 12 o'clock, and you know, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be very much touch and go with these two goalies as it was in the beginning of the season, and hopefully they can step up you know, I don't know that they're going to do what Shesterkin's been doing. Shesterkin has been a video game cheat code, you know, basically ever since he's taken over the starting job there. Again, 9-1, and one, he's just been absolutely fantastic. But you hope that these two goalies, Georgiev and Lundqvist, can at least give you a chance, can maybe raise their game a little bit. Maybe Lundqvist, you know, maybe he gets a few more starts now, and that helps because Lundqvist isn't a guy who's used to only playing a couple of times a month as he's been doing. So maybe by getting more playing time, he'll feel a little bit better and he'll start to make some saves. And he's got to be rested, right? You know, we talked about in the beginning of the season, how the Rangers were going to have to give Lundqvist a good amount of days off, and obviously they've done that, you know, just by way of Igor Shesterkin being unbelievable. Lundqvist has been relegated to the bench, but wouldn't it be something, wouldn't it be, you know, just out of a storybook if Henrik Lundqvist just kind of regains his touch here, and, you know, maybe not necessarily the Lundqvist of 10 years ago, but maybe he goes out there and plays better than we all think he's going to play, and is rock solid and net for the Rangers, and continues to lead this team toward the playoffs just kind of keeps the ship from sinking because this is a huge loss. I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Igor Shesterkin, since taking over, has been one of the absolute best goalies in hockey. You can go by the stats. You can go by the eye test. You can go by anything you want. He has been the man. And now the onus falls on Lundqvist, and it falls on Georgiev. And like I said, if the Rangers were thinking about trading Georgiev, doesn't mean that it won't happen. It could still happen before the 3 p.m. deadline here today. And of course, the Rangers just recently brought in Baraby from the Flyers, so Maybe they feel like they could still trade Georgiev and then roll with Lundqvist and Barabee at the NHL level, although I don't know about that. I mean, it sounds to me, just looking at this right now, it seems that Georgiev is probably your best option. But again, it's going to be touch and go with him and Lundqvist. And I would be very surprised if the Rangers trade either Georgiev or Lundqvist at this point, given what happened to Shesterkin, given that the Rangers are going to be without Shesterkin for a month, and given that they're still in this playoff chase. They just need these guys to step up and, you know, get the job done, give the Rangers a chance to win these games every single night. So... We'll see what happens there. But yeah, my gut feeling tells me that Lundqvist and Georgiev are here to stay for the rest of the season. I also realize that I'm kind of jumping all over the place today in this episode, but I wanted to do a show that kind of uh, matched the chaos of the trade deadline, just kind of jump from this thing to that thing and not really have any real plans as to what I'm going to talk about. Usually I do these episodes and I have bullet points and I, I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. I want to get to this. If there's time, we'll get to that. But today, you know, it, it's just different because, you know, the trade deadline is here. News is breaking in real time. Obviously, there was no way to see the news of the Shesterkin and Buchnevich car accident breaking. And obviously, again, we're, we're thrilled that those guys are going to be all right. But one other thing I wanted to get into here today is the case, the strengthening case for Artemi Panarin as the MVP of this league. And this is something that I talked about in great length in the past. Check out episode 58 if you want to relive that and kind of hear my initial points as to why I thought Panarin was truly an MVP candidate. And I have not changed my mind on that. I think Artemi Panarin would be an excellent MVP. It might rest on whether or not the Rangers make the playoffs because, you know, this is a league where there's 31 teams and 16 of them make the playoffs. And so if your team doesn't make the playoffs, I don't necessarily know that you should really be in the running for MVP because, you know, 
there's 16 teams in the playoffs, so you pick one of those guys, right? There's bound to be a great pick or two for a playoff-bound team, but if the Rangers somehow squeak into the playoffs, then I think Panarin's the guy because, you know, you look at other candidates, you know, David Pasternak on the Bruins, uh, certainly you could make a case for Nathan McKinnon of the Avalanche, you could make a case for either Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl on the Oilers, but those guys are all on very, very, very good teams. All those teams are bonafide Stanley Cup contenders. The Rangers, you know, they're getting better, they're improving, but if they did not have Artemi Panarin, and again, he is just having a sensational season, then I don't think the Rangers are in this playoff chase. And, and again, keep in mind, now you could say, well, you know, Mika Zibanejad's there too. You know, he's a superstar. Don't him and Panarin cancel each other out a bit? But keep in mind, Zibanejad missed some time with an injury this season, and Panarin kind of just, you know, took the bull by the horns. And also just the fact that it's his first season in New York, and he's just, you know, hit the ground running with this team and just been, he's been awesome. So, I think that the Rangers, if they somehow find a way to get into the playoffs here, then uh, Panarin's your guy for MVP. So what I'm going to do now is I'm basically just going to stop recording and just wait and see what happens with the rest of this trade deadline and update you guys at the end. I can hold out for a little bit longer. I do have to get to work. I work from 2 until like probably at least midnight tonight. So I'm going to hold on as long as I can to wait and finish the rest of this episode and just wait and see if the Rangers make any more deals between now and the time I have to leave. And obviously, whatever the Rangers do and whatever they don't do, we'll be back here to talk about it in a brand new episode tomorrow. But uh, yeah, for now, let's just pause this thing and see if the Rangers do anything else between now and the trade deadline here. One other piece of news here. It now sounds like we have the financials for Chris Kreider's contract extension. As we said, a seven-year deal with the Rangers, and the average annual value on the deal reportedly going to be $6.5 million. So good on both sides, finding a way to get this done. It kind of went down to the zero hour here. Not really the zero hour, but you know, at least the last day that the Rangers had a chance to do these negotiations with Chris Kreider. It sounds like Kreider always wanted to be here. It sounds like the Rangers always wanted to keep him here. There was genuine interest on both sides in getting this done, and now they have. So if you're Kreider, you got the seventh year that you wanted, so that's great. And if you're the Rangers, you know, six and a half million, I got to be honest, I thought it might be a little bit more than that for Chris Kreider. But it sounds like maybe we just identify what the compromise was because yes, Kreider gets his seventh year, but the average annual value comes down a little bit. So Kreider going to be doing just fine for himself over these next seven years with the Rangers. And the Rangers have a guy who, you know, he's established himself as a team leader. He's just got a great all-around game for this team. It's just so nice to see the Rangers not recycle a veteran for a draft pick or for a young prospect here. Every now and then, you got to keep somebody, right? You know, the Rangers have had these fire sales the last couple of years. You can't constantly do this where every single guy on an expiring contract is pushed out the door. So Chris Kreider stays. That's awesome to hear. I think he's going to be a huge part of this team going forward. And I think, for my money, he's got to be one of the front runners to be the next Ranger captain. I believe it's either got to be him or Mika Zibanejad. I don't think I'm really forgetting anybody. I mean, they're not going to give it to... I mean, first of all, they don't give captaincies to goalies very often. And Lundqvist, of course, a free agent after next season. He could even be retiring at that point. Um, And then, you know, obviously Mark Stahl is an elder statesman with the team, but he's a free agent after next season as well. So I don't think it would be him either. And unless I'm forgetting somebody, I mean, I'm looking at the roster here. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much is going to be either Kreider or Zibanejad. Kreider, to me, 
is the better choice just because I think he's a little bit more vocal and he's been with the Rangers a lot longer, a little bit older than Zibanejad as well. So listen, you can't go wrong. They're both fantastic choices. They're both going to be with the Rangers for a lot of years to come. But yeah, I mean, for my money, Chris Kreider is the guy. And I got to wonder kind of out loud here, you know, was that part of the negotiation that the Rangers told him, you know, obviously they're not going to make any promises to him, but did they at least tell him that, hey man, you stick around, you know, there's a very good chance that you could become our next captain. And how much does that mean to Kreider? I'll be Obviously looking forward to seeing Kreider's comments on this whole situation as well. But hey, now we got a postseason to make, right? And again, it's unfortunate what happened to Buchnevich and Igor Shesterkin. But Chris Kreider, he stays with the Rangers. The Rangers, as of now, they have not sold away any significant pieces. They've re-signed Kreider, and they brought in Barabee for nothing, and they brought in uh, Julian Gauthier for Joey Keane, and Joey Keane was just a minor league defenseman. So... We are just a couple of hours away from the trade deadline here, and as of right now, at least, the Rangers are buyers, which which is crazy to think about. Uh, I did see Jesper Foss' name coming up quite often. We'll see if they deal him before the deadline, but yeah, a lot can still happen. We got a couple of hours here to go, almost three, uh, more than three hours to go here. So again, you know, we'll just pause this thing right now, and we'll see if anything else happens between now and the time that I have to finish recording this episode, and then whatever happens again, we'll be back here with a new episode tomorrow to talk about it. So we are about two hours and just a little bit of change away from today's 3 p.m. deadline, and the Rangers, as of now, have not made any other moves. We will keep an eye on it. Obviously, like I said, we'll be back here with a new episode to talk about everything that the Rangers did and everything that they did not do, and just kind of reassess where they stand as a franchise, reassess their playoff chances, all that good stuff, and obviously talk more about Chris Kreider and this new seven-year deal and what it could mean for the Rangers going forward. I will present the other side of it, though, because, you know, I know that there were some Ranger fans that were kind of hoping that Chris Kreider might be on the move and would fetch this massive return for the team. Uh, But overall, you know, I've always wanted Chris Kreider to re-sign with this team. I think at a certain point, Chris Kreider becomes more valuable than a draft pick that may or may not pan out. He becomes more valuable than a prospect who may or may not pan out. Again, the Rangers have a very young team, and his leadership is to be valued, and it's great that he's going to be here going forward. And again, they might even slap the C on him as soon as next season, so we'll see what happens there. But obviously, we got a lot to continue to talk about with this trade deadline. We'll continue that in tomorrow's episode. And obviously, anything that happens between now and today's deadline will be covered in tomorrow's episode as well, so make sure you come back for that one tomorrow. But hey, Ranger fans, you know what? Here's to another seven years of Chris Kreider. Very exciting, very thrilled to have him back, and again, just really nice to see that the Rangers won't always just recycle these veteran players, that you can play your way into a new contract with this team, and it could also be a sign, and and, you know, we'll talk about this tomorrow as well, but it could be a sign that this rebuild might be getting closer to the end than we all think. We might be pretty close to seeing the Rangers start to push forward as contenders, and you know, maybe at this time next year, we're talking about the Rangers being big-time buyers, maybe looking to go on a Stanley Cup run. It, it's a little ambitious. We're not quite there yet, I don't think, but the possibility, it's on the table. You know, there's, there's reasons to feel good about this team, and I think as a Ranger fan, you have to feel about as good as you've felt about this team in a very long time, probably at least the last three or four years. But once again, thanks again for tuning in today, guys. I know this episode was a little hectic, a little bit all over the place, but that was kind of the idea that was kind of by design. You know, we wanted wanted to give you guys an episode that kind of fit the nature of the trade deadline because as we were talking about earlier, this is one of those trade deadlines where the Rangers could do about a million different things and none of them would necessarily be wrong. You could make a case for any path the Rangers wanted to go down today. But as of now, they have re-signed Chris Kreider. They have not dealt away any of the veterans. We'll see what happens later today before this deadline hits. But that's going to do it for 
today. We'll be back here again tomorrow, as I said. And if you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, thrilled to have Chris Kreider back for another seven years with this team. And we will talk about it more extensively in tomorrow's episode. So once again, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.